Submitted for your approval. A man gets up every day. He gets dressed. He drives to work. He interacts with 10,000 students. Well, hello there. Welcome to the College of Business. The year is 2020, and Dean Paul Jarley has entered. Hello. hello. Is anybody here? The Twilight Zone. Tina? Tiff? Josh? Anybody here? Anybody here? This show is all about separating hype from fundamental change. I'm Paul Jarley, Dean of the College of Business here at UCF. I've got lots of questions. To get answers, I'm talking to people with interesting insights into the future of business. Have you ever wondered, is this really a thing? On to our show. Seven months into this pandemic, and the UCF College of Business is largely empty. Office occupancy can't be greater than 10%. Many of my employees don't want to return to work. They tell me they can get their work done from home just fine. Makes me wonder what I should do with all this space. But I have to admit, I'm not really sure what I'd turn it into. Maybe an apartment for me, so I never have to leave work. Perhaps dorms for students. Or maybe I could lease it all out to Amazon as warehousing space. I'm not really sure. Tell me think about the future of office space. I've assembled a panel of experts. Listen in. If anybody can remember what life was like before March, could you talk a little bit about what the trends in Class A office space has been over the last few years? What what have been the major trends that you were all seeing? Bill, do you want to kick us off? So everything was fine while I was still in the industry at CBRE, and since I left, it's all gone haywire. (laughs) Bill Moss was the managing partner of CBRE. It's the largest commercial real estate brokerage company here in Central Florida. These days, he's the director of the Dr. P. Phillips Institute for Research and Education in Real Estate at UCF. Maybe Steve could kick things off with really what he sees from the front lines, uh, uh, maybe over the last couple of years, but certainly since March as well. Yeah, Steve, chime in. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you, Bill. Steve Garrity is vice president of Highwoods Properties a real estate investment trust. He's in charge of acquisitions and development for the company's Orlando division. Certainly on your watch and before COVID, the economy was humming. We were all enjoying, um, you know, vacancies going down. Our occupancy was certainly going up and quality of our customers were in, was improving. Rental rates were increasing. So before COVID, um, Class A office space was under 10%. And uh, before COVID, uh, we were very confident and, and uh, excited about the future uh, before March 17th. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to add to that. Nick Poole is managing director at JLL, the second largest real estate brokerage firm in the world. Nick is also a graduate of our real estate master's program at UCF. And as a disclaimer, um, typically I'm, I'm working with more of the user and the uh-huh. tenant. Yvonne and Steve are, are more so working on the ownership side or landlord side. But just, you know, uh, maybe a couple things about space design, because I'm sure it's going to come up a little later in this conversation, working from home or de-densification. I can tell you that the trend over the last 10 years has been, you know, for companies to move towards a more open, more efficient space design. And so the the result of that is that space per square foot per employee has uh, been driven down, mm-hmm. right? 
yep. some of the most progressive build outs that we've been seeing, whether that's call center or whether that's open technology, bench type seating, those would probably allow for less than 100 square feet per person. And so in Orlando, what we were seeing a lot of pre-COVID was the move to a more open plan, someplace where companies could maximize their efficiencies and put more people into less space ultimately. And, um, you know, that was, there was a whole variety of different factors that came along with that. Did they have, you know, enough parking to accommodate the densification? Did they have enough open and collaborative areas to, um, to encourage collaboration and, and uh, uh, communication for their employees, that type of thing. But there was a lot of emphasis on that pre-COVID. And obviously that's, that's going to be a big question about what's going on moving forward. Yeah, Nick, I, I would think so. I will tell you, though, and if I remember right, Bill was an early mover on this in his own office at the time. But I know we've done this in some offices at UCF. And in, and in general, people hated it. They hated the open designers, particularly the older employees. I, I would tell you that um, depending on your industry, um, there's mixed reviews about whether or not folks like the open office. Um, I, I do think a lot of it depends on your industry, for one, and, and obviously your age and, and demographic probably comes into play as well. But I can certainly tell you when we were out representing, you know, call it Fortune 500s or even local companies when they were looking for space, the trend up until, you know, the beginning of this year was we're looking for open plan, we're looking for lots of light, we're looking for exposed brick and beam, some type of industrial feel, uh, something a little bit different, creative, you know, all of those things were of uber importance before this pandemic. Why, why did industry play a role, Nick? Can you give me an example? Sure. I mean, like a technology company, for instance, the technology companies valued the ability to be in kind of an open bullpen type setting where they are working in small teams or groups mm-hmm. and they're to talk to the folks across the, you know, the desk from them, or they can pick up their laptop and move into a conferencing area where they can have, you know, a training team of call it 10, 15, 20 people all together in a seating area versus, you know, being in a private office like I'm in right now with my door closed and, and not being able to go out and communicate or collaborate with, with those folks. In my position, right? As a broker in a real estate industry, I work on a team. I've got four or five other folks. I've got a, um, uh, uh, you know, kind of a, a brokerage administrator that helps. And we've got a research and marketing team as well. I will tell you that I think our productivity was better when we were open and together and around each other, where we could hear each other's conversations, build on those things, were uh, more aware of what was going around us. So I think like in that instance, it, it, uh, it actually helped and probably helped our team be more uh, productive. And there's an argument whether or not that carries over across the number of industries, but uh, there's a time and a place for it, for sure. Yvonne, what trends had you been seeing? I think it would be very um, similar to what Steve and Nick have pointed out. Yvonne Baker is Regional Managing Partner at Franklin Street, a real estate firm based in Florida. She, too, is a graduate of our master's in real estate program. Um, On the landlord side, we definitely saw every client that came through here wanted an open plan. Um, I think that historically what we saw through 
um, different periods of time is office buildings would be built based on how a developer wanted a building to be built and then would basically say, the developer would say, hey, here's this really cool office building tenants, come lease what I have built for you and not a whole lot of consideration given to specifically what the tenants wanted. And then we've gone into a period of where the tenants have said, this is what I want, um, Mr. Developer. They're developing buildings in that way. And I think with this pandemic, we're going to see a bit more of a shift, which is where the employees are saying, um, Mr. Employer, tenant, this is how I want to work in my office space. So we're going to see a whole lot more flexibility in how office space is used. Um, we did a pretty large um, renewal for a, a law firm in our office building, and they went some open and then left a lot of private offices for the senior attorneys in place, but with um, a completely cool, updated, open ceilings uh, feel to everything. So it was a lot of flexibility in how the spaces were being built out. And I think we're going to see even more flexibility as we go forward. I guess if I think about the pandemic and the fact that I hear a lot these days, people questioning whether or not they need office space anymore. I mean, I think, you know, really the underlying question is, so what's the value proposition of having an office? If you don't mind. Steve, yeah, go ahead. Steve yeah, Steve. Steve. Yeah. So I think, I think Nick and, and Yvonne pointed it out uh, clearly. It's the, the thirst, the desire for collaboration. There's a lot of value associated with getting uh, humans, workers together. Uh, and I think that's why the drive has been towards having an open plan is really for collaboration. And in doing so, the increase in technology that's occurred just over the past eight months, uh, many companies have really shifted their gear towards a higher technology and better communication. Um, but the desire to really be together uh, and collaborate, I think, is a big thing. Uh, and it, Yvonne pointed out the flexibility and the efficiency. Uh, there are some limitations, certainly, working from home. I think we're all experiencing it as we speak. And that uh, it's, it's, you know, again, lonely. So the collaboration doesn't occur as, as, as easily as it should. It's a new way of uh, language and, and working that we're all getting used to. But there's fatigue associated with it. So it's the dust hasn't settled. I think we're all learning through this COVID time. But I think to answer your question, it's really uh, human nature to want to be with, uh, with others so we can collaborate and really add value to the company. Other people have thoughts on that? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in there. Um, consistently where you were saying that um, our firm relies on the collaboration, as Steve said, critically important, like in a sales brokerage operation, but also having the innovation together, having those um, accidental bump-in meetings in the hallway. We work in a completely open environment here at Franklin Street. We have two private offices. And building a firm, it was critical for us to be open so that we could hear each other understand how we could team with each other, collaborate with each other, pass business around to each other and seize opportunities sitting in the office together. And then that is gone, those accidental meetings in the hallways when people aren't together. So um, that's been our big part. I mean, at this point in our office, we have just two people who aren't back in the office and pretty much everyone is back in the office at least four days a week because everyone wanted to get back together, uh, worked much more efficiently together, but still have that flexibility to work from home every now and then when we want to and not be afraid of that and not thinking that somebody thinks you're not working. Um, we now understand that people are working at home for heads down task sort of oriented work and coming into the office for more of that collaboration. Yeah, I think that's an important distinction, Yvonne. I, I do think 
Well, to Steve's point, I think we've all experienced Zoom exhaustion. At least I used to have a break because I'd have to walk from one place to another to have a meeting. Now I just have them back to back to back. But I, I think it's also really difficult to have productive, informal conversations via Zoom. Agreed. Yeah. I think the thought is that physical space, you need it in order to get your people together, right? That's where the social interaction, the communication, collaboration, all of your information flow is going to incur, occur. And even, even more so, you know, in our industries, mentoring is a big deal. Um, mentoring and the ability to train somebody, I think is way more difficult to do over a Zoom or some type of social, you know, media type setting. Whereas sitting down with somebody, going out to lunch with somebody, having physical conversations with somebody, watching over their shoulder, on the job type training, those, those are really important. And so I think um, it's not only important for the development of a person within your organization, but it's a contributor to, you know, establishing a company culture. And I think that is what most large Fortune 500s are concerned about with allowing their people to work from home um, all the time or going completely, you know, work from home. The company culture is necessary to foster innovation, but more so it's it's important to retain your employees and also recruit other professionals. So if a company is going to grow and if that's their desire to grow, whether it's revenues or as a company as a whole, recruitment's necessary. And, and so I think that will be the silver under, you know, that's the, the silver lining of having physical space um, at some level. So Nick, that's the thing I worry about the most here at the university, that the longer the faculty and staff are working from home, even though they're all really trying to get their jobs done as best that they can, that they're gonna lose touch with the mission. You know, universities are really special places that in, involve a lot of that kind of social interaction. And I, and I am concerned the more they're removed from that, the more difficult it is to maintain the culture and sense of purpose that people have. Well, look, it's not just universities, right? I mean, I, I jotted down a couple notes here too, just some research that we put out. Um, a few firms that we've interviewed, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Netflix, Facebook, Google, they have all commented back that their respective firms plan to have the majority of their employees continue to work out of physical offices. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that kind of runs the gamut, financial, technology, you know, some that have been around for a long time, others that are, um, that are new firms, but, you know, there's, there's mixed emotions about that. But I think as we've gone into the sixth and seventh and eighth month of COVID, people are realizing that it is an important thing to continue to have, uh, at least on some level. And a lot of these firms are going back with a majority of their employees expected to come back into the workforce as well and, and work out of a private office. Is it really then in your mind just overcoming the fear factor? Do you think once fear of COVID declines that we'll see people flock back to the office? My, my personal opinion is our offices have been open since the second week of June, limited capacity, you mm -hmm. know, starting at 25%, yep. up to 50. Now we have a seat for every one of our producers and admin staff if they want to come in and work from the office. Um, so I've been doing it since early June. And I can tell you from my own personal opinion, I don't have a problem with coming into the office and working here. I feel just as safe working here as I would out of my, you know, house. 
I walk to lunch, I go have lunch, I do a lot of those things with precautions, being spaced out with a mask, all of those things that we're doing. I think folks that have been given the option to work from home who haven't experienced that yet, or like my mom and dad who live up in Maryland and don't have the option to go out and travel around, there's this bent, this pent up, I don't know if it's frustration or concern or fear that you can't just go out and do those things any longer. So I, I do think that's contributing a lot to it. Other people's thoughts? To tag onto that, the inconsistent messaging that we get through the media um, is a concern to a number of people, that, the few people especially that haven't come back into our office. They're just very uncertain as to the, do the HEPA filters really work? Do the HEPA filters don't work? You know, it's like every day it's a different story. Are we supposed to be sheltering in place? Are we not supposed to be sheltering in place? So just the inconsistent messaging makes certain people who are already uncomfortable or confused, um, you know, it, take that on as an additional, you know, reason not to come in. They don't know, so they're not coming in. Uh, so I think that inconsistency um, is the part to play with a few of the people that we have. Yeah, I'll tell you, Yvonne, here, um, and I don't need, mean to make light of this, but there's hardly anybody in the middle. There, there are people who think it's the flu and there are people who think it's the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, hardly anybody in the middle. Yes. Yeah, I think it's heightened when we travel also. So we've been up to Massachusetts a couple of times and Colorado a couple of times over the past uh, eight months. And it's, um, it's heightened, it seems like an obvious uh, when you go to some other areas and you're walking the beach and you see people wearing masks uh, when no one's around and you see people jogging and riding bicycles with masks on. Um, a policeman pulled my wife and I over uh, in a small town in, on Cape Cod because we weren't riding, uh, wearing a mask while we were riding our bicycles. So I think the, this is just a temporary thing. It, it's gonna get over, we'll get over it. Um, not sure how long, we, no one knows. It might be 12 months, it might be 24 months, it might be longer, it's hard to say, but it's, uh, it's a temporary thing. But I do think there's a thirst and a desire for people to interact and get together and communicate. And uh, I think um, there, once we get over the, uh, a vaccine and having it safe for people to come back, they'll certainly come back, but I don't think until then. Could I ask a question, and maybe this would be for Nick, as far as I think everybody sees the benefit of having employees be able to come to an office. Could you see in the future when renewals come up or that 50,000 square foot tenant saying, uh, we see the benefit of a workplace that people can come to, but we don't need a seat for everybody. And so we're going to lease 20,000 square feet and we'll have room for people in the office, but we would expect that work from home thing to continue. Yeah, I think it's probable that it will happen in some in some form or fashion for sure. A couple stats I threw out here. Um, so prior to the pandemic, our research tells us that approximately 10% of professional and business services employees worked primarily from home. JLL's research uh, tells us that we expect white collar employees working primarily from home will more than double as a result of this pandemic. We anticipate that'll be somewhere around 25% of white collar employees working from, from home, primarily from home. I could also tell you that, you know, a couple other statistics that I jotted down, U.S. occupancy, U.S. office occupancy, office in particular, 
dropped by 28.9 million square feet in the third quarter, right? So that that was even um, a bigger number than the previous record of of 23.2 million square feet in Q2 of 2009 after f- the mm-hmm. financial crisis. So you're right, Bill. There's there's tons of vacant space right now where companies are saying. Am I going to continue to, to pay for this space? Do I need to downsize this space? Should I, should I consider subleasing it or trying to terminate it? And so as a result, sublease availability in the third quarter increased to 124 million square feet across the United States. Um, and that's exceeding any of the records that were established back in the dot-coms. So, so that is happening and it's happening in a big way. I, I think that everybody is going to be forced to consider allowing a portion of their workforce to continue to work from home. We anticipate that that'll grow. The other thing that's changing though, uh, back to that densification comment that I made uh, earlier, is that you can't put the same level amount of people into the office or, or most companies are projecting that they won't if given the option because they, they don't want to, you know, push that many people into a small space. So they've got to space them out. They've got to de-densify as a result, the, the uh, square footage per employee is expected to grow and floor plans are going to change. And I think that they'll start to counterbalance themselves a little bit. You got some people working from home, you've got an increase in space per person, and so I anticipate there will be some type of counterbalance there. And uh, I think that's the, the path forward, at least for now. So is this going to be a boon for space design consultants? Are they a thing? Uh, yeah, they're a thing. <laughs> yes, yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. I, I think there'll be a rollback of densification in our industry as a whole, right? So, so that's going to take, you know, a 180 where companies are rethinking the way that they pack people into space for sure. I still think that there'll be um, some emphasis on open and collaboration spaces or maybe private offices that some people will call huddle rooms that you can use in in a number of different flexible ways. But um, I think your question was, is this going to be a boon for, for, for people to go in and, and, uh, and redo spaces or replan spaces? Yes and no. I think what's going to happen, at least over the next year or two, is that all of this plethora of sublet spaces or companies that have elected to terminate leases early or or just vacating space altogether, uh, they're going to provide some nice options in the market where you've got furnished, wired, basically ready to go what we call plug and play in the industry type solutions for companies and if a company doesn't want to have to commit to a long five seven ten year type of conventional office lease term mm-hmm. their own money to make you know make the space different they're going to have a big variety of options out there in the marketplace um, if they wanted to sublet or take over somebody else's space um, and so I, what I, we're already seeing it the activity that we do have is on low capital type of, of moves or relocations in the space that's more or less built out to, you know, a good standard or something that they could use. Some of them already have the furniture in place. So companies are giving up space. Others are coming in and taking over that space as opposed to doing a brand new build out on a long-term lease um, uh, because there's just less, less flexibility and more cost involved. So that way they can kind of see how the world is really going to change over the next couple of years. Yep. Yeah, it's probably safe to say companies are hesitant in spending too much money or any money for mm-hmm. that matter of retrofitting their existing space. So 
they're kind of reacting and, and, and addressing um, their short-term needs, uh, knowing that address the long-term needs once there's some clarity with this COVID. But uh, the good thing is, um, I believe in the office world in Orlando, we have not been overbuilt before COVID. It's very disciplined. So consequently, the sublease space that Nick is referring to, in my opinion, um, as it increases, it's, it's really not going to be dramatically um, impactful. There'll be some options for customers and tenants to enjoy, no doubt, but I don't think it's really going to move the needle, um, assuming that uh, you know, companies are going to be reinventing themselves and, and creating additional companies that we haven't even heard of just yet because of the pandemic that we're in. And consequently, I think there'll be um, leasing more space, you know, de-densifying, if you will. Um, that open floor plan is critical. But I do think um, it's, it's promising and we will recover like we recover from a lot of things. The question is, when will we start to meaningfully recover? Uh, and that's really unknown. I think we're just right now, people are reacting and adjusting to uh, this transition period, which we're in. But the good news also is it's accelerating many other things, uh, accelerating companies that are currently, we've already seen uh, before COVID, but we're seeing it even more so, companies that are in the high tax states that really have now um, uh, accelerating their decisions to really consider moving out of those states, moving into a state like Florida and other places that they can enjoy, um, you know, cost-cutting efforts that they've always gravitated towards. All right, so I'm gonna ask you each a, a final question I'm going to start with you, Yvonne. Is everybody going to be back in their office two years from now or not? What do you think? Well, we're, we're here now, um, and I think that many people will be back in. I think that, that we are absolutely moving to a more flexible work environment uh, going forward. So I think uh, we're going to see great changes, and they're going to be exceptionally positive. Um, I'm real excited about what the future holds. Nick, what do you think? Uh, our general consensus is that office occupancy today uh, is somewhere probably in that 20 to 30 percent range, depending on where you're at. And we see this growing to call it 40, 50 percent by the third quarter of next year. Into the year 2021, it's probably in that 75 to 80 percent range. But the trend, depending on some type of vaccination schedule, uh, will certainly put people back into the office. Um, and I believe if it's 12, if it's 12 months, 18 months, it's, it's, it will occur. Um, I do think that this is temporary. And I do think that we've worked the way that we've worked for years and years and years. We've got to get back to that at some level. Thanks, Nick. Steve? No, I'd agree. I'd say um, we're heading in that direction right now. Companies are, are coming back to the office, which is great. We're seeing our buildings more and more full, full as the days go on. Um, we, we're an example of that, that now we're going to be, uh, we're currently alternating our uh, occupancy, but we're encouraging people if they would like during the time that they're supposed to be working from home, they want to come into the office, they're still welcome, welcome to. So I think that trend is, is certainly happening. And uh, I think it's going to, just the desire and the thirst to collaborate uh, will be satisfied in, in 21. Bill, I'm going to give you the last word on this, my friend. Uh, well, I would concur with what Yvonne and Nick and Steve have said. Yes, there'll be more uh, employees back in uh, uh, Class A or Class B office space going forward. Uh, I think Yvonne set the bar pretty low when she said there were four cars in the parking lot of a 200,000 square foot office building in South Park. So that being said, I think, yes, 
Uh, I think there'll be more employees. I do think, and and, uh, and Steve and Yvonne and Nick are closer than I am, but I think a lot of companies are going to spend a good deal of time looking at how much space they actually need. It's my podcast, so I get to go last. The death of the office has been greatly exaggerated. Few of us have homes that are set up for work and school for the entire family. Besides, That much togetherness just isn't a good thing. We're social creatures who crave authentic, serendipitous interaction and collaboration with a broad range of people. Much of that interaction occurs at work. If you don't buy that, buy this. People working from home will not get promoted at the same rate as people who are working in the office. Out of sight, out of mind. For these reasons, People will undoubtedly be back in their offices in less than two years. My guess is in less than one year. What the office looks like and how frequently they use it, well, that might be a different story. With personal space being at a premium, I don't see hoteling or big open floor plans being the trend of the day. People are going to want their own office, even if they're not in it every day. And they're going to want that office to provide them protection from viruses and other threats. They're still going to be able to want to Zoom or work from home on occasion to get stuff done. Greater variety in office space is likely to be the new trend, not working from home. What do you think? Check us out online and share your thoughts at business.ucf.edu podcast. You can also find extended interviews with our guests and notes from the show. Special thanks to my producer, Josh Miranda, and the whole team at the Office of Outreach and Engagement here at the UCF College of Business. And thank you for listening. Until next time, charge on. Internet killed the video star.